Turn it over to another one here in a minute. Roger Sales with you in the Radio Ranch. It's our Wednesday edition. That usually involves Paul, usually. Occasionally he's got distractions, can't make it. But generally he's been with us here as of late, and we all enjoy it and look forward to it. At least I do, and I know a lot of the other folks in the audience do. Uh, Today's show is dated 11 uh, 27 and 19, and it's the, of course, Wednesday show in the middle of the Thanksgiving week, which... I'm sure Paul's familiar with Thanksgiving, but it's the biggest holiday in the country, really. And I was thinking about it last night because there's always four days strung together you can get off. And that means a lot of travel and family and that kind of stuff, even more so than Christmas, which, you know, fluctuates day of the week according to the year. So anyway, it's that time. I imagine most people haven't really been serious about work all week. At least that's my memory of it. And, uh... Uh, Then we got the usual or the occasional whammy of bad weather coming through, evidently, and all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, it's an interesting day, and Paul's with us. And, uh, of course, it's the Radio Ranch and the People's Patriot Network, and we're glad to be here. A lot of stuff going on, Paul. How you been this last week? Not bad. I'm I'm glad we're doing it now and not an hour ago because uh, <coughs> because I was practically asleep. I think an hour ago. I just really? had. Do you ever get an attack of the sleeps for no reason whatsoever? Absolutely. I, uh, I just, Const- constantly. Whoa! It was a bit much. A bit much. I, I'm going. I get worried sometimes. I got. A, I was up earlier than usual this morning to do a few tasks which I wanted to do because they meant that I had to. Uh, drop a vehicle off and walk back and i wanted to walk back and the, and the weather's quite rough at the moment and and i like that i quite like the rough weather so i had a, a really early start to my day and of course it feels a lot later now in the day than usual yeah. and then i find myself conking off so it's a good it all fell all right if i fall asleep in the middle of the show you'll know it's come well, back really, okay I so i don't think i will do that i've I don't got think a crystal I'll do that. not today a, i've got a crystal ball here and i'm going to kind of predict your future a little bit because i kind of know that you're uh, hopefully on the verge of getting some stem enhance ordered and when you start taking it that will not happen well uh, hopefully we'll talk after the show because you'll get my you'll get my proverbial orders straightened out as it were so uh, that, that would be great uh, roger that would be really really good all right well, we'll, i we'll um i've had a bit of fun as well just prior to the show i, f- <laughs> I couldn't help it um so i obviously uh, i've just been publicizing this show heavily on gab no i never do anything heavily because i don't have enough time at the moment but about 10 minutes ago i, still, I came across a fantastic photograph of you when you were a cowboy with your horse and now i know it's not really you but I just, I just had to have a go. It was wonderful. <laughs> so um, there are yeah, a few. Yeah, pictures. I've actually, I've actually stuck it in the hotline chat. So when you get a moment, you can have a look and see how rude and insulting I've been towards you. It's very, very bad. You probably won't want me on the show ever again. I, no, it's not that bad. But I had to have a go. My good. experience with horses throughout my life it started off bad early, and and then I, I like them, you know, and I've, I enjoy doing that sort of stuff. Done it a time or two, and uh, yep. uh, enjoy it. Um, there was this place we found some guys down there in Argentina took me to. It was right on the edge of the Andes, a bit out of town from where we were, a couple hours away. And you go in there, and if I remember right, these people had, it was family land, and it went all the way up into the Andes to the Chilean border, okay? 
and mm-hmm. I think they had 750,000 hectares. Now, hectares, 2.5 acres. And that is yeah, a bunch. Big, so. That's a bunch of land, okay? And they had said Say up, that again. A bunch, a, a bunch, bunch of land. Bunch I always remember you just reminded me. Yeah, Terry Gilliam is the American animator, part of the Monty Python crew. Yeah. And I always remember them doing a documentary saying that they always found Terry slightly odd because he was American, you know, and they were talking this very ostentatious British way. And they said when, we, when they were flying over Canada one day, he looked out of the window and he said, hey, look, there's a whole bunch of water down there. It's obviously an Americanism. I quite like it. Now. Yeah, it's, it's rubbing yeah. off on me. It's good. It's when you gather up whatever you gather. A bunch, and you, yeah. And you got a bunch right over there, you know. Uh but uh, now, heck, I forgot yeah. where I was. It's kind of, kind of interesting. Let's see if I can get my mind back on that. What, what, was, the, what was the train of thought? That government? Could, oh, well. Horses, 750,000 oh, hectares oh, okay. yeah, no, yeah, this of is land, neat. which is well, enough for your own country. It was a neat. Country. Well, it is. It was its own country, basically. And the guy that was the yeah. patriarch yeah. of the family was, of all things, a retired tax attorney. And uh, his family owned the land, and he'd right. gotten sick of doing tax work up there in Mendoza, and he was a real nice guy. But they had, they've got an operation down there. I don't even remember the name of it, unfortunately. But you can go and rent horses and ride how you want to go a week, you want to go a month. And they take you mm-hmm. up into the Andes, and they've got all these uh, you know, places you kind of hut around, a little lake or a little dwelling or whatever, some shelter. But uh, we went up and went up for a day's ride one day, went up kind of in a little bit in the front edge of the Andes. And it was just spectacular. And I spent another uh, a week, long weekend up there, too. And there was a very interesting British couple there. And they were down there with their daughter, who was on her gap, gap year, gap month, whatever. I don't remember what time of the year. But he was an accountant, and his wife was Spanish. And they had met, and she they lived in London. And uh, it was funny because they couldn't understand me. <laughs> they, they spoke pretty good Spanish because she was from Spain, and he'd learned it. And my girlfriend that I was with, and they told her, I said, we can't understand him when he speaks English. <laughs> kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> what his job was was he was an accountant at CPA, and they were using him. Now, this is many years ago, maybe eight years ago or so, and uh, using him to go over and deconstruct corporations as they are merging them together and screw everybody out of their pensions and everything. So anyways, interesting, but that I have had my ordeals with horses. Uh, do like it. Um, uh, don't do it probably as much as I'd like to occasionally. I wouldn't do it all the time, but they're interesting animals. Yeah, I, I think you need to be around them when you're young to get a feeling. I never was. The closest I ever got was a seaside donkey ride. That was it for me. And uh, never did do the horse thing. It's quite big with certain people, but we weren't a horsey family. We, I mean, right. there's not many families in England right. that are horsey because you know, it's just full of people, right? But there are some families that are, you know, uh, are very close well, to horses. I, I had a good friend from school who uh, who did very well with the horses, but that was backing them <laughs> seriously. But that's another story. But uh, yeah. Let's see if Chris. Is yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I don't have much of an affinity with them. It always seems though like you're rather high, and I know people that are confident with horses are confident. It's a bit like whether you're confident around dogs or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just too old to learn that sort of confidence yeah. and that that they're magnificent looking creatures. It was a terrible story as well from over here, but with an amazing result. There was a girl actually from I think she was from my home county, Yorkshire. She'd been out horse riding. Something happened with the horse, not even at high speed, but. 
but it she kind of it took it took a step somehow wrong and her jaw hit the side of a post and it took half her face off yikes absolutely it's just literally horrific wow. i mean it was horrific she lost half her jaw and everything they found they got it and they put her all back together again it's absolutely astonishing i went seriously no it's just imagine like somebody putting a hand grenade next to your ear. That's basically what happened to her. It just caught a flush on the socket yeah. of the jaw and took the whole bottom half of her jaw and face away. I mean, it must have been horrific at the time. And she was, her account was, yeah, I didn't know what that was that I was looking at. It was like looking at her own teeth falling out. Oh, and I thought, good grief. She's only about 14 or 15. Anyway, they put her back together again. And I have to, when I see things like that, I just go, surgery. Wow. I really yeah, am. Yeah. I, get, I just get knocked out of surgery. I think it's the most impressive thing. It's stunning what well, they that do with that stuff. Absolutely. Of- Pharmaceutical, not impressed. Surgery, I get my mind blown with what those guys do. It's amazing. One of the Absolutely. real positive things out of, out of the allopathic takeover really is some of the intricate surgery. You know, how about, how about surgery on a fetus in the womb? Yeah, that's okay. a bit much. I mean, yeah, that's you know, a bit much. Anyway. <laughs> you um, just reminded me of something. I saw one of these spoof images the other day, Roger. It was uh, someone doing an ultrasound scan of a womb, and it said that <laughs> this is a, a, a you know an extracting of the urine type uh, image. It said uh, scientists have now found a technique where they can detect up to fifty genders in the womb before oh, the gee. baby's even born. It's obviously taking the no, it's not meant to be taken seriously. I mean, how many? Only fifty? Why can't you find? There must be thousands more by now. Well, that was that was yesterday. So there must be hundreds more genders today. You know, yeah. I quite like that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's on to something serious. I guess if we welcome Chris along, Chris joined us a second. And Skype was nice enough to merge him in, and they've gotten some of their act together from their last uh, last week fiasco again. Usually, if you give them a few days, they get it straightened out. Hopefully, uh, Chris, how you doing, man? Uh, very well. I think you talked about in vitro fertilization or uh, surgical procedures, and I, um, that's a pretty far-fetched uh, scenario. And 50 different genders, I, I think that's like 50 shades of gray, isn't it? 50 ways, yep. no, 50, 50 ways. It's not enough. It's not enough, Chris. We need a lot more than that. 50 ways, <laughs> 50 ways to leave your lover. Um. Well, uh, this is obviously something that you guys have been talking about. It's nothing to do with me. I'm I'm not in this conversation at all. <laughs> Tasmanian Tasmanian Word Association again. Let's get to something serious. Uh, give you something to do. Well, by the way, the schedule here is we're going to uh, obviously on with Paul today. I'm going to take tomorrow off. I've got uh, uh, expat Thanksgiving bowling day that Jack's set up for us, and uh, I'll participate in that in the afternoon. And then Friday we'll be back with Brent. I'm not sure where Brent is. You never are, but uh, uh, but anyway, he's going to be here on on Friday, and we'll do our regular Brent Roger thing, and then that's pretty much the broadcast schedule for the weekend. But to give you something, because we're going to have uh, a lot of time on people's hands over the next couple of days, you may want to check out Greg Hunter over there at USAWatchdog.com. And I want to thank Gary for sending me this this morning. I had a little time to watch it, about a 30, 35-minute interview with Catherine Austin Fitz that is a really, really solid, good interview. Okay, And it, it amazes me how many people I'm hearing in different quarters that are so close to the target. 
uh, heard Tucker Carlson say last week, you're in a neo-feudal system, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Max Kaiser the other day on the, one of the ladies, you're in a neo, he said, said it several times, but he said it again here recently. And then ba- basically Catherine Austin Fitz came to that from a little different angle. You've got to realize, folks, we're talking concepts here, and it's hard for us to take the the uh, structure of the feudal system and impose it on our lives and realize that's what they're doing to us, okay? But all the, a lot of the other signs are there, and that's what these people are sharp enough to grasp onto and, and conceptualize and understand. But this morning in this Catherine Austin Fitz interview, um, she's going over how that the FISB, you know about this FISB 56 thing, Paul? No, I don't. I'm not familiar with that, Roger. They a lot of these things. There's two things: the the 21 missing trillion dollars that this PhD uh, from Michigan State turned up working with Catherine Austin Fitz. Boy, I can't get her name out. And um, then the subsequent thing is when they confronted the the feds with it because it was on public websites, and they found 21 missing trillion dollars over uh, 10, 12 a number of years. Uh, in two agencies of government. Uh, that's inter- in, in, incredibly interesting in itself because most people have no idea how many agencies there are up there. We know about it because it's so structural in what we do here. You know how many? This is a couple, probably a year and a half ago or so. I saw the number somewhere in an article, and I'd seen it before. It had grown substantially from the two previous times, but as of a year and a half ago, Paul, they, the article stated there's 323 federal agencies now in, in the federal government. Now, this is on only two. Well, it's better than having a lot, isn't it? Well, better it than is, having a lot. It is. But this is only two of them. They found 21 missing trillion dollars. So, And it's public. The guy did the research on the Internet on public documents, and him and his team. And so they confront them, the feds, with it. And what do they do? They go back and redact everything, won't send them any information. And then they go in, evidently, in the background and change the rules, saying that now we've got two accounting systems, and that's the FISB. 56, 57, whatever the heck it is. Anyway, it's a double, another double in a bookkeeping scam. And now what Fitz's point was is now there's, there's no, the Congress doesn't do budgeting because that's what the House of Representatives, all, all monetary spending originates in the House of Representatives. So that's, they've taken that away because they got double books. They've taken away the treaty powers of the Senate because they can go out and do all this stuff behind the back with money, and they've taken away the war powers control of the Congress uh, by going in and being able now to get money and do private armies, go do anything they want. So they've really, on top right. of the bankruptcy with what has happened, they've now with this, FASB 57, absolutely neutered everything. They got all the strings in the background, and she's saying if that's true, then our pension funds, which most of them hold copious amounts of treasury bonds, means that those are going to have to be backed by the property and labor through taxation of the people of the country that it's in now an endless loop. And what they've done is turned assets into liabilities and flipped everything. Now, little, if any of these people understood that they're doing this with a total legal basis, and add that whole dimension to it and the fact that that can be undone, well, now, well, now we're going places. Mm-hmm. 
Um, watched a bit of another one this morning. It's over on SGT Reports with a very, very articulate, impressive new female on the scene. She's got a fit. Tiff Fritz, I think is her name, or Tiff Fitz. I, I gather she lives out in Hollywood. <laughs> And she's talking yeah. about it from the female point of view and how feminization has ruined the world and, and, and a lot of uh, very interesting concepts. Talking about how the, she said, I know uh, uh, numerous stunt actors in Hollywood. And a lot of them are getting out of the business because they're having to play scenes where 250-pound men that are, that are bodybuilders get their butts kicked by this little 100-pound skinny blonde. Yes. Because we all know that that's completely realistic and possible. Exactly. I think I may have mentioned here before that, that, you know, I would love to see a film, maybe a series of films, they could be that good, made, where one of these clashes between one of these heroines and some bloke takes place, uh, but, it's, but it's actually what would really happen. So basically, it'd be it'd be just a one punch scene, wouldn't it? In most cases, well, that's it's preposterous. I mean, the, the damage of it, you know, you could say, oh, it's only entertainment, but it's not. We know it's not. It's all about engineering and conditioning things and distorting unless, perceptions of things, and it's all massively well, unnecessary, you know. Uh, unless you're out to wreck things. Unless it's a scene that's set up with one of these men bodybuilders who's now trans that's won all of these women's awards that they're fighting. <laughs> Then it may not be so even, so uneven. I know. <laughs> I know. But you, I, I think to some world, degree. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, man. The world's just gone totally nuts, and and I, it's starting to come to its senses. I, it's going to be slow. There's a lot of people that are cer certainly involved in the quote unquote pop culture attitude and all of that uh, deception, but things are changing. Okay, and what happens when we're going, and it'll be a sea change when it happens, okay? And uh, what happens as you approach those things is they obviously start small. You know, the voice of one, a few people, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and the, and the people get more receptive, and the other situation gets worse, and it becomes more obvious, and they start looking for answers. And that's the stage we're in right now. I've felt it for a while, but I tell you what, I can feel it gaining momentum. And those things have a habit of gaining momentum and gaining momentum, and all of a sudden they happen real fast. Yeah, they do. They do happen fast. I think, um, I mean, I think this, there is a lot of sanity around. It's just that the insanity is in those places where it gets broadcast a great deal. You know, is the fact, for example, that most of the talking heads and the pundits and the show hosts across every single TV station here, and no doubt, they, they go along with this sort of nonsense. I hear it everywhere. There was a, some little comments the other day on, one of the national talk radio stations here, somebody saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're all against racism and this, that and the other. And I'm going, wow, I'm going, you know, I always go, can we discuss what you actually mean? It's just all trigger words. Nobody even knows what anybody's talking about, except they don't want anybody to think bad of them. Yeah. So we must go along and comply with all yeah. of these things. Yeah, oh, don't worry, I agree with everything. Yeah, We're all into, you know, you shouldn't be judgmental against this, that and the other. Whereas the real question is, well, why shouldn't you be? And what do you mean by judgmental? And don't, aren't people capable of having uh, the ability to make a distinguishing comment about one thing and discriminate against this? And what's wrong with discriminating? Isn't that what you've done all your life to get to this point? You made decisions, you know. Does the so name it's, it's the whole implication. Yeah. 
Does the name Sergeant Joe Friday ring a bell with you? Yeah, I remember that one. Yes, I do. Yeah, I remember the opening. Was it just the facts, ma'am? Just the facts. Oh, oh, him. Yeah, (laughs) it's the cop guy, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, was it Dragnet that or something else? I can't remember. I think it was. Joe, Sergeant Joe Friday. Well, uh, it may have been. Dragon. It was. It was just his own I, show. Hey, listen. Oh, there's okay. a, here. I think we got an old bird coming on here. If we're allowed to bring him in again, and if not, I'll call him back. Daryl was trying to call in, and I tried to merge him, and he don't want to merge. So okay, well I'll uh, anyway. I was going to never be a merger. Never he a hates mergers. That well, guy. You know, that's he really, hates them. Daryl's you know what? That's time. really that's really true. Let's see if I can give him a ring back here. Maybe Skype will get their act straightened up. Oh, unable to add participants. Daryl is unavailable. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Well, let me uh, let's try again. You know we have to go through the true. The travails of dealing with Microsoft and their Skype changes. Let's see here. Thank goodness we have plan, contingency plan two in effect. Plan two. Yes. Hey, Roger. There he is. Contingency plan two working again. (laughs) Uh, We're all happy now. Hello, Daryl. Okay. What was the, was it Dragnet? uh, was it Dragnet that Joe Friday was part of? Oh, yeah. Just the facts, man. Yep. Just the facts, man. Yeah. I don't need to hear about your motions. Just tell me the facts, Joe Friday. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I couldn't let it go by without responding to Paul when he was making a comment about you know, uh, the statement, uh, you know, when you're talking to people, well, you know, we're all against racism, you know, to that effect, right? Is that what you said, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah I mean, that's everywhere. That's not just in, I, you know, I heard it on one incident only like two or three hours yeah. ago earlier today. But it's everywhere. Everybody's yeah. conforming to this, whoa, you know, I love everyone, and it's wrong if you don't type well, thing. That's it. One, that's the level of the there's discussion. One, there's one area of racism. I, I highly endorse Zionist, satanic, Edomite racism against them. Uh, well, yeah, you, you, you're just you're just stealing my thunder there, Roger. I love you. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, the, it's okay. I'll go, lads. Uh, it 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 uh, you know there's several ways to train a dog, and uh, appropriate to uh, the situation. Uh, sometimes uh, it, it requires a little drastic, it, what some people would perceive as being drastic. But if, you do, if your puppy continually is crapping on your floor, sometimes you have to rub their nose in it. Uh, this is an analogy for how to respond to these people. Well, you know, they make these, uh, these uh, generalized statements that they don't think can be refuted uh, uh, of course, none of us support racism. Well, then, then, then please, please in detail explain to me why you support Israel's uh, racist policies. And, and then just yep. shut up. Make them answer. That's rubbing their nose. They've just, they've just crapped on the floor, and now you're going to rub their nose in it. And don't let it go. Don't let them, you know, don't let them change the, the conversation. Explain yourself. Tell me, tell me how you're against racism, but yet you support Israel. 
Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Uh, I completely agree. So. Yeah, there's no there's no depth to it. They're just a series of surface phrases now that run over and everybody nods and goes along and wants to quickly move to the next part of the non-conversation because that's basically what it is. It's just a series of sound bites with nobody really thinking about anything much other than, oh, yeah, are we all okay with one another? What it is is what it says in the Bible for fear of the Jews. People are scared to stand up and say anything. It's the same thing. Yeah, well, well I, I guess yeah, it's, I, it's definitely part of it. It's, it's definitely part of this whole shutting down on the free speech thing. But I, I'm not, I'm not against the, you know, I'm not for pointlessly um, antagonistic language, uh, and much of it is that definitely exists. But you don't deal with it by just banning everything uh, that you say might hurt somebody or X, Y, or Z's feelings. That's got nothing to do with it. You can't deal with it in that way. All you need is a calm, rational discussion, something that we are generally denied all the time in the broadcast media, uh, where somebody would just sit down and pull a thing apart quietly and decently, not with the, not with the aim of necessarily humiliating the other person. I mean, if you pull it apart, they will be humiliated no matter what you do if they've been saying idiotic things like we all are. You know, that's, that kind of comes back at you. If you say something dumb, um, fortunately, if there's someone around, you're going to get it back in the, in the bum. And if you're awake, it will teach you something, and then next time you won't be so silly. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think uh, it, we never get that. We rarely get it. You know, when you do get it, it's like a breath of fresh air. It really is. And uh, we need more of these breaths of fresh air if we can, if we can get them. I'm going to try and grab one here. Daryl, could you move over to the door jam? Because we're getting a little echo in there that's going out. You must be in the shop. Well, how about how about now? Yeah. Does it go away? A, yeah, it's gone. Okay. Yeah, it's gone. All right. So I'll, I'll take my headset off. I'll use the speaker. Okay. So, well, uh, you, you know, this, this, uh, there's a, a wide variety of different ways to deal with conflict. And uh, so the, the overarching uh, point for me is uh, there's going to be conflict. How are you going to deal with it? And uh, so <clears throat> when I used to hire uh, uh, wannabe airline pilots, uh, part of the interview was, uh, well, you're, you're evaluating them. You're, you're being judgmental. One of the questions, uh, not every time, but one of the questions was, how do you deal with conflict? But let's talk about conflict. Is conflict a good thing? Uh, how do you deal with it? And, uh, those are those are pretty um, uh, generalized sort of questions. You get all kinds of responses. Well, oh, you know, we don't want to have conflict uh, in the cockpit. Uh, I would just let people talk, and uh, you, you get a perception. You get a perception of who they are and uh, what they stand for, uh, their, their experience level, uh, can they think uh, critically. And uh, so uh, these are important qualities that you want to know about your pilot, uh, want to be pilot. Well, uh, th this needs to occur in our society, and uh, uh there's there's a there's at least a dozen different ways that I will approach conflict, 
And uh, but but the the important thing about it is to not back away from it. And and so, you know, if you just have a superficial understanding of these of these topics, and uh, uh, you, you're not going to engage with with a variety of different people in different situations, you know. So you know what's really important. I, so basically, I. I, I is conceptualizing yeah. that it's all presumption. Their whole game works on presumption. We're presuming we're better than you. We pre, uh, uh, presume this. We've switched this presumption law over here. Undo it. Da da da. It's all based on presumption on all these false concepts that they're taught out of that stinking guttural piece of garbage, the uh, Babylonian Talmud. Well, well the other, I, I mean, this uh, virus has infected societies at large. Yes, it has. Um, yes, it has. So, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is this is a virus, uh, and uh, you know, so we, we're running a fever, and what we're you know we can use a, we can use a medical analogy is that the fever the fever uh, can be used to uh, combat the virus. This is the, the body's response yeah. to an infection or a virus. So uh, all I'm trying to do is um, <clears throat> support the, uh, the body's natural immune system <laughs> and, uh, and try to make it healthy again. Gosh, how does so, the conversation always uh, yeah. get, how does the conversation always get back to stem enhance ultra? I don't think it's it. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're a salesman, that's why. No, because it's making your body stronger. <laughs> your immune system is exactly what it's doing. Uh, right. Well, listen, this is the kind well, of stuff. You know, that, you know the, th the, yeah. the funny thing is this is a, good, uh, a very good example to go into that word salesman because uh, the misconception out there, and I've been in marketing all my life, is the guy is a good salesman, a person, if he can go sell iced Eskimos, you know. But really, the good salesperson is the guy that goes in and he goes through enough people until he finds somebody that truly got the need for what it is he's offering. Then he sits down and answers their questions and helps their problem. That's a true salesman right there. And that's why I feel so good about this stuff is because it makes me feel good Better than I have in a long time on a regular basis now for a couple of months. I'm getting into real recognize the uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes after you take a couple of those pills. Hell, you just your body just gets flooded with goodness, energy, good feeling, all those sort of things. And once you start feeling that, you want everybody else to know about it because you want them to feel that good, too. And, you know, part of our four pillars of freedom, one of them, and it can, depending on your circumstances, the priority to you is health. And, man, this stuff's whippersnapper stuff. I'm tickled to death with it. By the day, I get more enthused about it, honestly. And, yeah, I'll tell you, Paul, I started taking last week for the first time. I mentioned it yesterday. I picked up collagen at the store, some collagen out of Switzerland or something. Hell, cost $30, $30 for a damn uh, thing of it, you know. And so I started taking it on Wednesday. Yep. Within two days, I could feel the effect on my foot. My foot is almost back to normal now. 
and it was far from it a month or two ago. So uh, I've just really noticed it's good stuff, and we'll keep talking about it, and I'm sure other people that are uh, starting to take it will also have testimonials and experiences. But it's one of these things out there in a world of fakeness. This stuff works, man. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I don't have the other stuff as yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll I'll get around to that. But I've got collagen in the house. I, I found that when I took it, I'm not, I haven't taken any for a few weeks now. I don't know why. Um, I think it was for a change of all sorts of reasons. But it makes me sleep very well. Um, <laughs> maybe well, that's what happened to me earlier today. Evidently, I don't know. Um, but it does make me sleep very well. It's very good for the brain because it's a type of fat. You see, it is. It is. And uh, that's why I got it. Uh, well, and then although start, it's good for the joints, it's actually good for the for the noggin because the noggin is just a big. You get your your general physiology where you're feeling good, and your mind doesn't automatically go to, "Oh, damn, my arm hurts," or "This," or "I'm tired," or whatever. Now you can really concentrate your your conscious on things that you know you're doing. For one thing, um, but I, what came up the other yep. day that was interesting to me was in all of some of this research they found that the body has a, a layer, like a layer somewhere, and I didn't get the full gist of it, but it's a collagen-based layer. And what that does is it's designed to take the stem cells that your body is putting out in the system, and if they're not immediately used, it stores them. So when you've got something that does come up, like when I fell in that hammock or something, bam, that stuff's right there available to be applied to whatever the uh, situation is. Uh, very interesting. And the collagen layer, the more you get that thing healthy, I guess the more it'll be like a sponge uh, for these uh, intermediate stem cells. Interesting stuff. I can tell you this. I don't know all the technology, but I know it works. And uh, that, that's the best thing right there. So pretty encouraging, uh, really. Yeah. And I can't eat at shutters to make me think how good you'd feel if you were doing these and taking the longevity regimen at the same time. I guess. Yeah. Quite both, like gin. Man, I, I mean, both um, of them work. But I don't. You know. <laughs> But gin, you think a gin is like that? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, the other thing. No, I just quite like gin. I just thought I'd throw that in as a bit of counterpoint. I quite like a good gin at the end of the day. And uh, mother's ruin, as they say. It's an tonic, excellent drink. Gin, um, gin and tonic. Also, the other thing. Yeah, gin, you know. Uh, gin and tonic. Yeah, gin and tonic. And I actually just like tonic water. I don't know why I'm telling you about this. But tonic water has got this. Um, it's got quinine in it. Yes. And I just love tonic water, Indian tonic water with quinine. I could just drink that alone, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like it. It's got a sort of slightly sour taste to it. It's yeah. good. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know whether it's any good for you. Probably probably not. Uh, except they used to take it out in India to stop getting malaria or it, or it boosts your resistance. There. That said, there's not too many outbreaks of malaria in England. I have to tell you this. It's it's quite a rare condition is malaria in the home counties. It doesn't occur, uh, it doesn't occur very much. But there's probably an awful lot of arthritis. So the college would go down probably a bit more of a hit than uh, than the uh, malaria prevention cures but yeah um yes no health yeah it's a big it's a big one i've just been uh, the other week a good friend of mine visited me he's a sort of health chap and was bending my ear considerably about hydrogen um so i've been looking into hydrogen um as a 
Um, there are machines that produce it. They're not inexpensive, though. Uh, they're very expensive. So I've, I've only just started researching them. But uh, uh, they, they're getting people to inhale hydrogen using a, what's it called, a cannula. You know, those little plastic things they have in emergency wards where they sit over your top lip and you, you've got sort of like two plastic tubes oh, yeah, going yeah. up your nostrils, those right. things. Yeah, so there's a, there's a little machine that produces hydrogen that you breathe straight in. And it also produces a water that's rich in hydrogen. And hydrogen is, A, the most abundant um, thing in the universe. Abundant bit of stuff, yeah, element. There's more stuff, more hydrogen stuff. Uh, Your body's obviously made up of a great deal of it. And apparently the molecules are so small that they're able to act as a tremendous cleaning agent. Uh throughout the entire body just for overall health so yeah i just uh, he was sort of all over me you've got to get into hydrogen i said uh, okay well i'll have a look you know so i'm having a look but uh, that's the lady the, the i don't know whether i don't know whether to think of it as a good or a bad thing roger there's always something new coming along before i've even had a chance to try out the thing that was in vogue a few months ago but uh, it's probably all for the best it's just that there's, there's quite a bit of information to keep chewing over you know and then to make a decision about what what path you want to take I uh, can't take all of them. Um, I personally can't. So um, it's it's a matter of evaluating things, yep. you know, I guess, before you make a move. Hydrogen is pretty interesting stuff. Mm. It is. It is. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, in uh, in terms of the only hydrogen, I'd, the other hydrogen I'd be interested in, of course, is a nice hydrogen bomb. Uh, to put in the Houses of Parliament. That might go down quite well. Uh-oh. Um, v for other, There's not much of a demand. Yes, yes. So a very small hydrogen bomb might actually blast some sense through what's left of their brains, but I doubt it very don't, much. Don't count uh, it. And we are now having to endure. Uh, there's a, As I, I think I said last week, there is an election here in December. Some I think it's about three weeks away now, December 12th, 14th, something like that. I've not even bothered paying attention to what date it is. But I think it's about two weeks, ten, 10 days or two weeks into December. And um, so we are getting all the spin uh, from everywhere um, about how fabulous they're all going to be if we just vote for them. It's, it's wonderful. And, of course, um, it won't be. But never mind. Some people like all this kind of stuff. It's just they getting do. in the way of the seasonal spirit, it's you theater. know, yeah. uh, which is – which. Yeah, which isn't left anyway. By the way, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about Thanksgiving. I just had one question. Well, I might have more than one, but there was one. Is it tomorrow, then, that the great consumption of turkeys takes place? Is that on the Thursday? Yes, sir, generally. And is it always, is it always a Thursday? G- yes. That's why I said it's oh, the right, most okay. popular holiday because it, it's always on that sequence of days, and there's four of them strung, yep. and that gives people a chance to travel, generally. All right. Okay. So, is it the last? Is the last Thursday of November? Is that the, the way it's defined? Yes, it was actually, if I remember right now, uh, the holiday was set apart uh, by Lincoln, I believe. It commemorates, right. of course. Do you know the background of it? Here, I'll just give it to you in a thumbnail. It applies to me. I've got a dog in this hunt because the Sales family was on the Mayflower. Okay. As all the right. genealogy and the research, they were part of that group. And so it stands to reason that they landed. They went through a very harsh winter. And after a year, they celebrated with the local Indians and the bounty to go through the first harsh winter on the new continent. And so I'm sure the sales family was involved in that. And it, my knowledge of the family, I'd say they probably did a lot of the cooking because there's a bunch of cooks in the sales family. Okay. 
And so uh, that's the direct uh, uh, relatability that I've you know learned a few years ago, and it makes it a little bit special. But Lincoln then uh, made it a holiday during his uh, time. If I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right, and it's been a, a big holiday for the country ever since. Um, to the point that I noticed in the store last week, I didn't really look yesterday, but, uh, when I go to the store on Tuesdays after our lunch, they even had two big old containers over there of frozen turkeys in Ecuador because of the influence of that holiday with so many Americans down here and so many Ecuadorians that have lived in the U S for a length of time and come back and brought that with them. So it's kind of interesting. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, I t- um, speaking of another interesting thing, uh, hopping around a bit here, just something that I meant, I don't know, no, there wasn't a chance to mention it last week. I don't think there was. Um, this was that video. Did we mention this last week or not? I'm getting feeble in my mind. This, um, uh, Rick Wiles of True News, um, I think it was just before the weekend, just gone, they released this video of the impeachment process of Trump. Or did we did we discuss this last week or not? I can't I remember, know, Roger. I don't, I don't think, think we did. did. We've talked about Rick Wallace and some of his recent shows. He's really taken the gloves off. I'm real proud of him. He's a great resource for people. And evidently, they've got different places around the world like thailand and and different where they've got a a a different indigenous language and they've got people that are taking the true news segments and translating them for their people in their own language is that right he's uh it's a very i I mean i know daryl's mentioned it quite a few times and i'm a relatively recent arrivee at that that trough it's not something that i'd i've been aware of it for quite a while but it's not something i ever got around to but i think it was last week um, they released a video on YouTube. It's about an hour and 40 minutes long. And it's about the impeachment process. And uh, I think about 18 minutes in, <laughs> he says, um, this is probably going to be the video that gets us banned from YouTube. Now, I don't know whether it has resulted in them being banned or not yet. Although I think about a week earlier, he was mentioning yeah. that he really didn't give a fig yeah. about YouTube and was going to be removing himself and most of his operation from most of these social networks, which I think is rather sensible, actually. I don't think there's any real reason to keep on doing it. Although, you know, he made a he made a simple but rather telling point, which is that people are used to, and this is the whole thing about habit, and this is it's such a powerful force against us, really. People uh, are, in, in terms of being able to disseminate things that are slightly different, you know, uh, people are habituated now to go into YouTube. And if you're not on it, it's now much, much harder for them to become aware that you exist. You know, he was making the point, why don't you go to truenews.com? Well, it's easier to go to YouTube. And, and, and in that little sentence lies a whole raft of influence, you know, and, atten- and the ability to reach a crowd. But I don't think it's resulted in it yet. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. Laura, who has sometimes had shows here on PPN, um, I think in the early days, maybe a couple of years back or whatever, she kindly sent this over to me. She said, you need to watch this now before it gets pulled. Um, I don't think it has as such, but he must use the word Jew every two minutes throughout the entire bit of programming that I've seen. But, yeah, but he does it in an even-handed way. What is Where he calls yeah, it the Jew coup? That's right. Yes. That's right. It is. And... Um, uh, 
it, it makes very simple. I mean, they're points that we've made here before, and we're not the only one to make these points, but he's making them consistently throughout the presentation, uh, which is, you know, if if a Muslim, if we were to point out that all the people involved were Muslims, that would be okay. If we were to point out that all of them were Chinese, that would be okay. But apparently it's not okay, or the implication is that it's not okay to point this out. And yet every single individual involved in this uh, bizarre process, this more attention diverting, you know, is of the tribe, and uh, it needs to be pointed out. And he points it out, I think, in a rather even-handed way. It's not as if he's sort of scurrilous in any way. He's, just, he's pointing out, and they just steadily say, what is this all about? It's a very good show. I, I was very impressed with it, actually. Could I like the way that they went about doing it. Could right. you could you kind of offhandedly say the chosen don't like to be chosen? Well, there's something like that. I mean, this, yeah, they don't like to be... They don't like it if free speech works against their interests. And um, interestingly, I think within the last week, this this guy from over here, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, a comedian, apparently, supposedly, he's not somebody I'm a big fan of, but that, that's a, a secondary issue. He, he gave a speech at the ADL um, asking for Facebook and all these others to effectively be censored, you know, that they should be running much heavier censorship because they're allowing their platforms to be uh, havens of hate speech. But that's not really what he meant at all. It's, it's basically it's the speech that's critical of organizations like the ATL, which I thought was really rather witty. And, of course, the whole thing about it is there's no sense ever, and I know this is a point we've made here before, but there's no sense ever of a sort of reflective point on their part. Hmm. Why is it that so many people have got these criticisms and that they, that never even comes up? Oh, the no, mere no, fact no, that no. they're, that, yeah, yeah, no, 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 it, it's never there's there's never a reflection point. There's never a sort of hmm, do you think there might be something that we're doing that's causing this? That's never to be well, countenanced. You can't well, have they, that. They know that, but they've got to stand behind that false doctrine of that Talmud to make that right, and mm -hmm. they do not yeah, want they, to expose that. No, it's it's a strange situation. I'm just wondering how far it has to go before it becomes even obvious to them. Maybe, as you say, it never ever will. Um, it's like a blindsided spot on the whole thing. So it's um it's a it's a very odd sort of situation, and it it reminds me over and over again that that what appears to be communication or dialogue is nothing of the sort. There's none of it's really taking place. It's it's a very uh, bizarre, almost pantomime series of communications where, where somebody, it's behind you, but they never look. You go, Can you just address this point? They, go, and they just move on. Everything is just ignored and moves on and moves on and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, until on, it's addressed. On. There's nothing yeah, to see here. There's nothing to see here, you haters and all this kind of stuff. And, and what really is free speech? Well, free speech is everything that they like. And if it goes against them, then, then it's hate speech. <laughs> And that's it's bizarre. <laughs> it is. Oh no! If it's against us, it's hate speech. Is it really? When did it suddenly be? Oh, because we hate it. You know, it's like that thing. I'm the Joe Sabran thing. You know, oh, hate I, speech. I was thinking of speech that they hate. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's exactly was, the same thing. I was thinking of his other one a minute ago. Is an anti-Semite is not someone who hates Jews. An anti-Semite is someone who Jews hate. <laughs> that yes. that one's a classic yes. right there, boy. Well. If you well, go, if you go back to the origins, right? If you go back to the origins of of hate speech, well, when was this term coined? 
It was Who an came AD, up with this? ADL. The ADL set right. out a whole worldwide campaign through all their synagogues and Khalils and and, and 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 whoever they've got organized to come up with a way to battle this. And some, uh, if I remember right, was a high school girl that came up with this idea. They seized on it. You see what we're living with now. Well, yeah. uh, in, in order to get rid of hate speech, uh, I, I recommend going to the origins of it. Yeah. And the people that created hate speech. This is yeah. the this is the ADL. You got it. Uh, you know, listen. I, I mean, if you want to cut off the water supply in a river, you, you you don't do it at the bottom of the river. You go to the head of the river and you cut off the water supply. All right. This is how you this is how you cut cut, cut this off. You know, this is uh, at some point we have to start using cause and effect and, yes. and basic yes. elementary logic. You know. Uh, if, you know, the kind of behavior that Roger and you, Paul, are describing with these people, their characteristics, this is the kind of behavior you expect out of a, out of a child, all right? Uh, yep. and, uh, yes. and, and you, can, you can acquiesce to the irrational child, and all you do is, is perpetuate the behavior, okay? Now, uh, when you discipline your children, uh, this is a conflict, <laughs> Okay, and, and and the longer the longer society and the goy want to avoid the conflict, the more they will succumb to it. So you, you have to, you, at some point, you have to engage in the conflict. Now you can choose how you do that, but at some point it has to happen, or uh, you you have to acquiesce. So. Uh, is don't be, yeah, uh, don't do. be, don't go into the battle like that old saying in in the battle of wits. He comes unarmed. Don't go in it like that. If you're going to go into the battle, be armed. No. You know, ha have your have your well, claymore. Well, don't be half-cocked. Right? Your claymore, and that's what they call them things? Have your claymore sharpened like a razor on both sides and be able to swing it both ways. You want to talk about well, the original? You, know, you, you really shouldn't try to engage... You, 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 I'll just say the yeah, original. You shouldn't hate try to speech. engage in, in combat. Yeah. You, this little delay is a pain. The original hate speech is in the Talmud to me. Let's let's go back and say where the hate speech is. It seems. It, to, I if, mean, if, the if thing you have about hate speeches, if you block it, if you block it, you make it worse. Uh, uh, and right. you have to. You've got mm -hmm. to. Well, we do here. So the idea is who's included in this conversation? You're included in this conversation if you get these concepts. But if you don't, you actually, by definition, are not included in it. Not because I say so, but because you, you know, you instinctively, you exclude yourself by going, oh, that's, that's, we can't listen to this. So you take yourself out of the conversation. But for those that can stay in it and look at it, there's a real treasure to be had. We have to, uh, we have to take the emotion out of it. And, and just look at it calmly. I know I keep, it's very boring, really, because people are much more interested in drama and conflict and beating of tables and things and shouting and yelling. And this is great. Makes for great TV theatre. So let's get plenty of that on. But nothing gets done. Nothing gets achieved. Hate speech is completely normal. What, what's abnormal about it? The thing is, because they won't define it, because they won't define it, they're not intending to, they can use it as a sort of, 
catch-all for sure. any sort of nuancing they want to apply it to, oh, and that's really? its entire purpose. Oh, you're involved in hate speech. Oh, you're a racist. Can you tell me what a racist is? Uh, and then it moves on. Can you tell me what hate speech is? No, they can't tell you what it is. They don't want to, even if they sit down and that, because in the analysis of it, the emotional charge, more often than not, and in these cases, I would suggest it definitely will, it begins to evaporate. You begin to see what it is. Why is that man ranting like that? Well, it's because this bloke stuck a hammer in his foot. That's why, And he hates it. <laughs> right? That's why, or whatever the situation may be. Whatever the situation may be. And grievances exist. Compromise never works. Ever. All compromise no, does them. is it delays the moment of reckoning. That's all it ever does, and it makes it even worse. Then when the moment of reckoning comes, it's generally even worse because more hurt and grievances have accumulated. And if the two or more parties involved in a situation of conflict do not have a shared context for life, for values, you'll never get resolution except when they all go home. It's as simple as that. Go, oh, hang on. The reason well, why we're disagreeing so, is that you come from a totally different culture. Why don't you go home and I'll stay home and then we won't even need to even have this pointless conversation well, about these who, differences. Who benefits, like who benefits from this conflict? Who 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 benefits from this fab Qui Bono, who benefits from the uh, atomization, compartmentalization, tribalism of society, and the victimization? Who benefits from this? Well, the arbitrator does. The arbitrator. Who's the arbitrator in all these situations? Well, hey, it's going to have to be the state. Well, I, I guess got a question. Who's in control of the state? Uh, <laughs> okay, we 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 have to progress this uh, conversation. Okay, we we've laid out the battlefield. Well, who's who's the referee? Okay, well. Uh, the, the people that are uh, facilitating and sponsoring the chaos uh, also get to be the referee. Uh, I, I say it's a rigged game then, okay? <laughs> You're <laughs> trouble, Daryl. You're doing all this thinking. You're a troublemaker. <laughs> That's Thank you. You can't go around observing things like that. They don't want any of that, you know. Thank you. <laughs> to be master, that's all. To be master, that's all. I see their desperation and their outlashing in such things as this bogus impeachment hearing, the bogus Russia gate before that, all the other things, and now they've even backed off of this impeachment thing. They've been so damn humiliated in the last few days with it. Uh, they continue to expose themselves, and that's really that's their biggest fault is that their agenda always exposes them in the end. Always. I mean, it's happened over 100 times. Over 100 times in history, basically the same thing has happened. Not as large, not as sophisticated, but the same basic thing has happened. And every time they lose. They, they have to do this in order to close the deal. Okay. It's it's you you can you can use whatever percentages you want. You can use the ninety ten rule, uh, eighty twenty rule. This is where you you put in twenty percent of the effort and for for a for an objective, and you get an eighty percent return on this twenty percent input. But in order to get a hundred percent, to get total lockdown, requires eighty or ninety percent more effort in order to get that last little. Okay, yeah. this is called greed. 
this is you can see it in life, relationships, business, uh, whatever is this tyranny and total control. Uh, whether it's in your family or a business situation, this is, this relationship is real. It's observable. And, uh, uh, so they have to show their hand in order to close the deal. Yep. That's right. This, this is, this, they've had it easy for the last 200 years. Yep. Come on. Uh, Let's, Mm -hmm. let's get, let's get, let's, let's engage this. You've been fighting a war and, and, and beating and, and uh, beating the crap out of society, and they didn't even know there was a war going on. Correct. Okay? Because you're cowards and you're effeminate and you're sneaky and you're cunning. Wait a minute. You're like your father. Okay? Yep. So uh, it, it's, easy, it's easy to take people down when they don't even know there's a battle. Absolutely. This is called the sucker punch, okay, and and, and so now now they uh, are coming up against people and societies and groups, uh, uh, much like what gathers here, who are aware. They are aware now. Oh, we get it, and so now they're having to put in extraordinary amounts of effort. To close the deal. Yes, they are. They are. Roger, you used a word a couple of minutes ago. You said humiliated. But I'm wondering whether they really contemplate or experience humiliation in the way that, say, people here in the. No. Daryl made a good point a few weeks ago that they have no. that they are shameless. And I think that this is a. It's a key ingredient. It's a fine point that you made there, Errol, it's, uh, Daryl. It's really on on the turning of one supposed emotion or the absence thereof, which is a we see it as a corrective measure. If you experience shame, it, even though you might not like the idea of it, it possibly implies that there's still a vestige of honour within you to even experience it. That there's something still that you value. And that you begin to see, I've really erred here big time, and I'm due this, and I don't like it, and I'm going to hopefully, in due course, learn from this mistake and ensure that I'm not in a position of experiencing this humiliation, this shame in front of, of everybody else, because I value them. It's the but if you don't loop. value... It's the feedback loop. If yeah, you if you're in front of a bunch of people loop, that you don't value... Yeah, you don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're in conflict with the group, you would not be ashamed, would you? Yeah, I don't care. I'm not bothered what you lot think. You're not me. You're not my lot. You're you lot. We don't care what the Eskimos think. I'm never going to be ashamed in front of an Eskimo about my ignorance about snow. I couldn't care less. This is what when arrogance kicks in. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this divide, this thing, literally, which I don't have a problem with. The problem is that they're on, we're on the same bit of real estate. I keep coming back to this very boring point. But if they were, if we didn't have everybody around trying to stick their nose into everybody else's business, I know this is a completely self-evident fact, then many of these issues that we're dealing with would not even exist in the first place. It's because of this intermingling of incompatible value systems carried by the different races completely naturally and normally and goodly that's causing most of the problems. So you get these massive communication gaps. You just 
you can't bridge them. You're not even supposed to try. It's pointless. It's mad it's, it to seems, even begin to want to do it. It seems to me, Paul, that you could go back and trace it back to sabotage Zevi flipping the Ten Commandments and saying that for anybody that might have drifted in here that yeah. wasn't uh, around when we discussed a lot of that stuff, the information's out there. Robert Seffer, S E. P-H-Y-R, I believe is how you spell his name. A little unusual. Does excellent work on this. S-E-P-E-H-R. Yeah, S-E-P-E-H-R. good. Excellent work. He's got a new raft of videos he's put up here recently. But the point I'm trying to make is it goes back to that 1666 flipping of the Ten Commandments. And if the audience isn't familiar with this, the he this rabbi who declared himself the Messiah in 1666, came to the realization of this move from reading in evidently the Torah, not the Talmud, that it says in there that the Messiah would come when the world was either all good or all bad. And he said, well, the world's never going to be all good, I guess knowing that people like him are in it, and that they, they take it all bad the other way. And there's where it established this dialectical Ten Commandments that's ruled over that sect and is reinforced by the Talmud. I mean, if you're grown up, well, your, mother, your mother, yeah. I've read Jewish mothers, when their kids are infants, they put honey on books and have them lick the honey off the book. When they're newborns, as soon as they well, get up, okay. Let, let, Roger, let, let, let's go back to Zabatai's heavy. His the expression of the doctrine that he comes up with is, is this is simple. It's mental illness. This man is mentally ill, okay, uh, and, and it has to be called out just for what it is. This this thing about shame is is uh, uh, I agree with Paul. It's very important because if you can't experience shame, you don't have a conscience. Correct. A conscience. If you don't have a conscience, uh, you will demonstrate uh, psychopathy, sociopathic yep. behavior. This behavior will then uh, lead into psychopathy, psych, psych, psychopathic. Uh, and 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 you can't repent. You can't be redeemed uh, uh, secularly or, or theologically. And 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 the next point is to, to force multiply this. You inculcate it in uh, the uh, cultures that you've infected. You you infect them with this virus. This liberty, this liberty, and guess what happens? They embrace your doctrine of uh, shame and their relationship to shame. And so what do they do then? They celebrate their shame. They become famous in their shame. And you have uh, uh, social media to express this shame and celebrate it. The celebration of shame. This is what we're seeing. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, and, and who's doing it? Well, so, listen. The 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 the, the so-called tribe. This this statistically insignificant uh, number of people uh, are, are leveraging this 
And so who's demonstrating this? Who's causing the avalanche? Uh, the the other cultures. It it doesn't matter if they're black or white or yellow or red or whatever. They've all embraced this uh, this uh, idea uh, and their relationship to shame. You you can't shame me. Oh, because because that's hate speech. If you shame me, you're hateful. We Paul, you have you have guys. Uh, you have people over there in in not so jolly old England anymore, where the mm-hmm. police are showing up at their door and interviewing them about thought crimes. I mean, this is yep, uh, it's happening. Uh, it's uh, happening, and, and and they will apply yes, retroactively, Daryl. This is the real. This is the real terror that is, and it will be. This is just the insanity of it all. Where does this measure? Who gets to measure and state, we addressed it a few minutes ago, you know, the great uh, arbitrators of the whole thing, what is and what is not hate? By whose standards? If it's by any human being's standards, we're done for. <laughs> That's why you need commandments. Well, because it's, I've got an answer for you. rely on these people to do it, you know, and they'll retroact. They'll I, say, did you say the word fridge in 2012? I did, actually. Do you know the word fridge is highly derogatory to Eskimos? I keep picking on the Eskimos, right? Because I'm just picking the absurdity of all. Some words that we're using will uh, become outlawed. And then they'll say, you used it eight years ago. And it's now a crime. You're going to be locked up. Oh. Uh, I won't put uh, it beyond I, I have an answer for you, Paul. Uh, I'll tell you who's going to define, I'll tell you who's going to define, uh, acquire the scope, purview, and prerogative to define hate speech. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, obviously, it'll have input from the ADL, and it'll be outsourced. Uh, This is the privatization of while you you were sleeping and uh, people were doing whatever else they do. Your your so-called public uh, governments we're outsourced private because, well, we're public officials and we acknowledge that we're incompetent and so, and we're inefficient. So we're going to outsource this to private corporations to determine what these values are. Mm. This, this is a part of the whole privatization control mechanism and the new law that is being brought to uh, the world. Can I, okay. can I add one? This, this is it. Can I add one thing of great importance? All of the hate laws that are formed, uh, that are sketchy on the books, they're really using it more conceptually now. They're trying to get it legislated. can only be applied to citizens of the United States and residents. And if you're not one of them, they don't apply to you as well as virtually almost all the other ones. Well, we'll get our own. Don't you worry. We'll have some good British ones to keep up. We don't well, want to be left know, behind in this restriction of free you, speech. You, you've got this status situation over there in England, too. If some of y'all had ever, uh, uh, you know, concentrate on it and figure out where it is, you've got a free status there, too, out of those six options. I don't know which one it is. Speaking of that, have you had any conversations with John up in Scotland? Scotland? No, I, I haven't, Roger. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of busy with a few yeah, things, so yeah. I've not pursued well, that. I know he's been very busy. I, I haven't really got an update. Oh, he's just, I know he will have been busy working with, uh, continuing his defense efforts with David Noakes, uh-huh. who's, uh, you know, in a pickle, this, this chap. And uh, that's what will have been going on. Well, I might get around to finding out about the, these statuses. I mean, well, it's yeah. the key to the whole thing. They can't pass and enforce those laws on you if they don't have that legal jurisdiction. In their book, in the way that they've got things schemed up, 
and they've done gone to great lengths to hide it, and that shows you that they can't just abolish it. Okay, so that really is the nut to the whole thing. And I was thinking about this. I should promote it a little bit because we got Patrick and Ike that are about ready to move forward on these affidavits. We're supposed to have them on the air yesterday. It's going to be next Tuesday. But between that and thinking about it and also having to, you know, beat Cody unmercifully again yesterday on the air. uh, uh, And uh, it started me thinking as these kind of incidents are prone to do. And I started getting to the point last night where what came out over the air yesterday is really valid, and I didn't even recognize it at the time. There's always been some sort of quantitative line here of when am I ready to file this affidavit? Okay? And it comes to different people because different people have different composites of their you know, courage and aggravation and frustration and all that stuff. But so yesterday, what came out, I think, could be considered your final exam. So if you're one of these people that's hesitant about this stuff, and uh, you're wondering when is the right time, and we've seen it with Gary and other people, and whatever your timetable that your comfort level dictates is all right with me. Uh, and I don't even ask people to file it. I just tell you you got a choice. But this could be considered, and I want to query Chris and Daryl about this because of their familiarity with what we do here. I think this could be considered a final exam before filing affidavit in the, you know, crash course of sovereignty here. And that is recite the 14th Amendment, identify every legal landmine, explain its relevance in that first clause of that long amendment because there's six legal landmines in that one sentence and if you can identify those and and talk about you know what it does and what the effect of it is and understand it you're ready but i thought that's a real good example of a good final exam for somebody what do you think daryl and chris about that they don't have they don't have any Go ahead, Chris. All persons subject to, except for purposes of being in rebellion. I don't think that's the 14th Amendment, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Daryl, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, uh, every, every plan of action uh, to be valid should have some uh, uh, criteria uh, before you act on it and, and a standard of, of comprehension. And, and so, uh, yeah, I would, uh, in general agree. Uh, this is, you know, a, a lot of this information and process, if you will, the process has, has been left to be, uh, sort of, um, willy nilly and, uh, impromptu and, uh, uh, I, I love the word organized. <clears throat> it, it really requires the individual to um, take the uh, the uh, impetus and uh, apply the motive force uh, through cognition and effort and discipline to uh, become knowledgeable and and make it its own. But I I, I think it's entirely reasonable. Uh, it's very appropriate. 
to take uh, the 13th and the 14th, uh, and uh, I would also uh, suggest the Fifth Amendment, and and apply a series of uh, direct questions uh, towards that, and then assign the specific answer to each one of those questions. And when you can read the question and answer the question and then talk about it you know what you're uh, doing. with other people who are knowledgeable about it in an extemporaneous way, conceptually, you got you're, you're ready to turn the key. Because yeah. what happens at this point, what happens at this point is you have achieved the criteria of proficiency, and uh, command of uh, the uh, the process uh, that you uh, are committing yourself to engage in, and, and you can uh, then uh, defend yourself or defend your position. Uh, you will succumb to the a, a, a an attack, uh, a superficial attack. Yeah, because they because right, so, you don't know the word because you don't know uh, the concept behind the word person. Like Jerry, like uh, 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 Gray, uh, Charlie Gray, there in that federal courtroom setting in Atlanta, Georgia, that day. Boy, that was a vivid example for me. Okay, for sitting there watching it with a jury impaneled, with a whole bunch of people in the room. If the federal judge is up there, the prosecutors are on one side. Charlie and his his little group are on the other, and they got the direct district director of the IRS on the stand, the district director. He subpoenaed judges, a couple of judges, all kinds of other important people. He did a real good job, okay? And so the guy's sitting there, and he asked him a question. Charlie asked him a question. And what the district director of the IRS did was grab a set of 26 CFR 1.1, you know, CFR Code of Federal Regulations, and he opens it up to one of the regulations, and he starts reading it out of there. And he goes, so-and-so to any person. And he looks over at Charlie Gray, and he goes, you look like a person to me. And because Charlie Gray didn't know that information on the legal background of the nuances of that word, he didn't have a response. And you could have heard a pin drop in that courtroom. It it turned on that one point. It, It could have turned either way. Yes, it could have. All right. Yes. Uh, that's what you call a pregnant moment. Boy, uh, it was right for the picking. Well, yeah, it I'm was right for you. the picking. Yeah. When that happened, guess where all the eyes in the room went? To Charlie. The, to the jury. Oh, okay. Yeah. That well, sent him uh, to prison for a year and a half. Well, this is this is this is an important. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Paul. If I'm uh, am I dominating the conversation too much? No, 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 no. Totally. Um, uh, this is this is a perfect example of having having the spirit and the heart for combat. The combat. Charlie was engaged in combat. Yes, he was. Uh, make no. Uh, uh, this was not. This wasn't anything other than uh, verbal and uh, verbal and uh, process combat, uh, and, and Charlie had the heart and he had the spirit 
and he had the integrity and the will, and he didn't have the competence. Or the knowledge. Sorry to say. The knowledge. He, he, well, it, you know, uh, it, it, it takes, uh, you know, that's that sort of all sort of folds together in that regard. But, uh, you, you know, um, for the newer students, I, I apologize. Let me, uh, let, me in, let me interject. This, yeah, cause I, I apologize because I fall back. I fall back on. I fall back on aviation metaphors, but right, that's okay. Uh, um, I, I've known a lot of people. I've known a lot of people that want to fly a big, fast jet airplane, and and they're motivated, and they are intense, and they they really, really, really want to, and you have to weed them out. All right, because you're not gonna you're not gonna put them in there because they're not competent yet. Let me just say, okay, on the and, and you. you on the Charlie Gray example, I'm sorry to interrupt. We got that little bit of a pause here, Daryl. I never yeah. know when you're stopping or when you're going to continue. Uh, yeah. For the newer people, like we had a guy call in yesterday, a new guy from Wisconsin. Um, I, these fundamentals are so blasted important. That as Brent Winter said one time, if you know the basics, anything's easy. And these are the basics, and they're the ones that they've gotten out of the curriculums in the law school. So none of the attorneys out there are going to know them. Okay, but you go back. There's a YouTube goes the a forespoken YouTube. One of the things they haven't they hadn't pulled any of my stuff, uh, but there's a thing on there that I did a show a number of years ago called the Science of Law. I don't remember if my name's attached to it or not, but I imagine if you put the Science of Law up, it'll come up. And I've had more comment and more reaction from that broadcast that some kind person put up on YouTube for everybody. Uh, and, and, and it really is the basics, and it goes back to that example with Charlie Gray of not understanding the basic legal concept of the word person. My experience is never in the 30 years have I ever met one person in the United States that understood this. Never. Not one. Okay? And you go back to that simple formula, R plus D equals R. And you un learn to understand that, apply it to those words that are in the first clause of the 14th Amendment, and you've got the basics, and nobody can pull the wool over your eyes, eh? And you can stand up for everything you're extolling and standing on, B. Okay? These are the important things, what? is learning these basics. And the reason they've been able to pull this scam off is because they quit teaching people those basics and then they could pull the wool over their eyes that's what went oh, on well i i just want to roger i i want to add something here you can do exactly what you said provided your behavior does not contradict what you're asserting i, I repeat that your personal behavior cannot be in contradiction of what you're asserting when you assert uh rebut the presumptions and assert your God-given rights, okay? Uh, that needs to be, you, you, this means you can't say that you are uh, not a U.S. citizen, but continue to behave like one. And think okay? like one, and, 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 uh, and do those actions, right? you know? This is a separation. And and one then that's why learning these principles are so important because they give you the foundation to lead your life in that manner of the decision that you're making. And if you don't learn them and just want to go file paper, you don't have those basics and nothing changes. The slavery's in your mind. 
Well, either that or you're trying to, either that or you're, you're playing a game. Yeah, right. We got a lot of game players out here in this in this space. They they charge money, they make all kinds of grandiose claims. Sure. They, uh, uh, you know, and, and they're grifters. Okay, uh, you you can you can you can game the system. Here, sure. here's how you game the system. Yeah. Well, it's it's not a game. If you play this like a game, you're going to lose. Yeah, you get you pad your receipts. As well, you should. You know, you pad your receipts and you hide your taxes and you speed when you don't see a cop and all the rest of those things. You know, you're gaming the system and nothing's changed. You're not beating the system. You're, you know, even if you win the rat race, you're still a damn rat, okay? Well, uh, the, the point of all the, the, the point of the system that's been created is to be a rat. Exactly. Okay? You are a rat. Uh, they, yeah, they, they, you, 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 it, <clears throat> so, I, I just want to draw up one more thing here, and then I'm going to shut up uh, a little bit. Is that uh, you brought up Catherine Austin Fitz, which I'm a uh, a follower of. Uh, I follow her so much, and and her information that I uh, uh, I'll just come out and confess it. I I, I spend forty bucks a month just to be on her website. That's how much I appreciate what she brings to the table. Okay. She gets 40 bucks a month of my money, uh, currency, excuse me, because I value her information so much. Uh, here's the point about Catherine Austin Fitz. She is focused in a specific area. Her mind does not even work on the information we're talking about. She has a, a bit as brilliant as she is, and as much respect I have for her, she is has a bit of myopathy. She's myopic. Uh, she's so focused on the financial side of this and, and some other areas as well, with all respect, that she she can't see... She, she hasn't, her awareness hasn't expanded out to this uh, part of the, of the Gordian knot. The, the Gordian knot isn't just one string. It's a dozen strings more. that are all interwound. Yeah, I, I, I'm just talking metaphorically here. Uh, and, and you have to have some uh, comprehension of all the different strings. Uh, this is, uh, it, they've made it very, the Gordian knot is complicated by design. So, uh, then you have the cultural side of it. You have the, the social side, you have the media side, you have the, uh, obviously economic, then you have the legal side, and then you have to be aware of, of what law is and whose is and what kind is it and does it apply to you and when is it being misapplied to you? And, and so, but, but I'm encouraged because I see more and more people, uh, with the 40,000 foot view and, well, and, and she is one to pay attention to. Yep. And you know, the other thing is we've got condensed information. The people that are just waking up don't have to start searching like we did Daryl 20, 25, however many years ago and following all those little threads and then weaving them into the rope that eventually ties the Gordian knot. 
I mean, you know, I sacrificed the major productive part of my life to chase this little rabbit. And uh, uh, other people that are coming into that, all you have to be is you have to realize that God gave you two ears and one mouth. And that tells you that you're supposed to listen twice as much as you run the mouth. And if you got that and an open mind and, a, and those embers that are still burning there in your heart of freedom, you're a candidate. Uh, I said I was going to shut up, but I'll, I'll add this. Uh, you have to, if if you're not personally aware of critical thinking, critical reading, and critical questioning, here's, here's an indication that uh, you you need to work on those skill sets. If if you read, if you pick up a book and you read it, and you're highly suggestible to everything and the declarative statements in that book as you read through it, uh, regardless of whoever wrote it, if you read it and you follow along and you accept it all, uh, you don't have critical thinking and reading skills. Correct. Okay. At some point, in, in, at some point uh, even in Roger's book, uh, even listening to this show, critical listening skills, if statement, declarative statements are made and, and you don't... Uh, respond with a, a question, a, a challenging question, then uh, you are highly suggestible and open to programming, which leads to slavery. Okay. Uh, and, and so uh, this is, and everybody has to evaluate on this on your own. Uh, uh, I was trained to be extremely critical uh, for good reason. And uh, uh, we live in a society where they don't want you to be critical. Because if you become critical, you might you might start to use judgment or ask or ask and then apply judgment to others or ask embarrassing questions. Yeah. 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 I wanted to say earlier as we were talking about psychopathy. And I was thinking about it while you were uh, uh, pontificating, Daryl. And I would just, if anybody doesn't know what a psychopath is, you just go study some video of Adam Schiff. Because he's as perfect a public psychopath as I've seen in a long time. Isn't he uh, going to change his name to Adam Shifty? Um, he doesn't I'm, have to. And what he is it with this to. name Shift? He doesn't right? have to, I know. <laughs> I know. Shiftless as well. You know, but what is Shiftless. it with this name yeah. Shift? Do you remember 100 years ago with the Russian Revolution, you had that guy Shift ponting about with the banking system? It's his grandson. Bankroll. It's his grandson. <laughs> is it really? What, it's not really. You can, is it really? That's what I hear. Oh, all in the oh. family. What a good oh. lad. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I need an arbitrator here. I need an arbitrator. I, I want you to arbitrate something here. Uh, Roger just described my uh, my discourse earlier as pontification, and and I, I want you to arbitrate whether I was and be and be honest. Was I pontificating or bloviating? You know, because I, I don't want, I, I don't mind pontificating. I just don't want to be perceived as a bloviator. Maybe I need to check myself. 
I, I didn't hear any rupturous sounds of you bloviating in public, <laughs> if that's what you mean. Okay. I know All it's right. a bad medical okay. condition when you get it, so I, good luck Ma- with that and okay. plenty of ointment. All right. don't, don't lie to okay. match. Don't lie All to right. match. Hey, Chris. by the way, just coming back to Adam Shiftless, Adam Shifty, and and all that kind of stuff. You know, a, a, a little while back we were talking about, or I mentioned uh, the, the Rick Wiles um, True News thing on the whole thing. Well, it, it has gone, so it's disappeared. They've got rid of that one. Oh, did um, they? So they that's nice. It's good to know that some things are predicted. You can rely on some things. You can rely on the right. ADL guided YouTube editorial team well, to remove anything that might be getting you, close to well, the Well, now for the audience, <laughs> you, you can be... go directly to his website. Correct. Guys, well, yes, I know. Say, I know. It's, it's still there. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. But, it, I mean, it's an accident. I, I send it around everywhere and got a lot of feedback. Well, not feedback necessarily directly to me, but within discussion groups. I've been watching what people are well, saying. And then the message, gone, gone. So, no, a lot of people have downloaded it and resharing it and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is fine. You've got to keep the thing going. But, of course, the really telling part about it, I would suggest, um, not that this makes any difference, of course. Yet again, you know, if we, if we come to – I don't anymore, but I'm just pointing out – if you come to rely on what we would call an inherent logic with these things and go, well, this is, this is calm and sensible, it doesn't make any difference. It's just completely irrelevant that if it's critical of something they don't want to be, whether it's true or not, it's going. And I think the key thing about that a presentation by Wiles and, and his uh, main guy there, which is very good, is that all the sources that they used – were from the Jewish mainstream media and exactly. particularly the Israeli Isn't press. That beautiful? Exactly. Yeah, it's just That's fantastic, beautiful. you know. So every point he made, every point that Wiles made has been completely vindicated. He's, he's seen everything he said. You know, we're going to do this. It'll probably get us. They haven't been banned as a channel, but the video has. And so now what do you do in a communications situation like that? I'm saying you're not in one. This is, we're not in one. We're in one here. We're in one here because there's reciprocal values being sent and people are acknowledging and I get and all of us get here that we're being heard when we talk. Otherwise it'd be mayhem. That's why out there it is mayhem. It's just about it's about a sort of space grab. There is literally no hearing taking place on the other side. They've just got this is our agenda, you gotta follow this. And if and if you don't, you hate your hater. Uh, um, and by the way, that's against our free speech oh, thing, you know. About, so we're gonna shoot you down on that. Well, how about what? this latest <laughs> ploy? I mean, they've gone, I don't know if you've seen it, I believe Rick probably covered it. I saw it the other night somewhere. On the CNN interview where they had the little this guy was a quintessential caricature of the Jew from history, the little weasel Looks like a little rat. It's got all the little beady eyes and a little, you know. And I hate to go on somebody's physical characteristics, but I couldn't help in watching it, you know, see that. And on the other side is another one of these characters with scholastic uh, uh, credentials attached. And he's written a new book that all the Trump followers are a cult and he goes in to go on Jerry Jones or Jones or, and all this stuff. And I mean, they're really honestly trying to sell that. Okay. And it's just yeah. that I, it's just because you question or you do these things, you're mentally ill. You're a cult. And it's pretty striking that interview. Both y'all, you, Chris and Daryl, did y'all see that? I know you did Daryl, I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw it. Uh, uh, listen, I, I, uh, I, I'm listening to this conversation today and, and, uh, the, 
uh, listening to Paul here, uh, it's always a pleasure, by the way, Paul. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I get a lot out of it when you're here. I really do. Thank you. Uh, and uh, uh, what, what occurred to me is uh, my, my perspective of the reality on the ground in, uh, in the England with the English men is that they have to live vicariously. They have to live uh, somewhat uh, socially uh, vicariously through uh, the, the, uh, the, the renegade rebellious nature of Americans uh, and uh, the Polish <laughs> and the Hungarians because you can't say these things or you're going to be a thought criminal. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely here. I mean, I have I have discussions with Andy once a week about things, and we we're we're, we're kind of recalibrating our editorial, uh, you know, width. How far can we go? We better not say that. I'm going. This is getting ridiculous, you know, so, because there is also something about going along with their agenda if you do it consciously that can be very powerful back. There, you know, it's this thing about throwing things back at them. Uh, and amplifying, calling them on what it is they're saying that they're doing. For example, on the free speech thing, I was thinking this the other day, right, on the free speech and the hate speech, okay? And I think I mentioned this point a couple of weeks ago. None of us know when we're going to have that hateful thought, but I know it's coming up, right? So we should go in and arrest ourselves, I think I was talking about. And I was thinking about it the other day, because, of course, it's a little impractical, and I'm not expecting a great response from the public. I'll I'll arrest myself, Paul, if you will. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But... Um, maybe a national day of total silence just to make sure we can have a completely hate speech free day. So nobody must communicate anything to anybody at all for a whole day. That, that, so we're just, we're very yeah. keen to do this. Well, I'm trying to think of what, I, I have an idea. power to reapply things back at them. I, I'll just last one here, Daryl was, I may have mentioned this one before over, you know, when they had the nine 11, when nine 11, flowed through and then they've got everybody looking up everybody's backside when you go to an airport this kind of nonsense right um because yeah. everybody would be checked and this that and the other well i haven't taken a flight for years because i can't stand airports i like i don't mind airplanes even if they are a little tube airplanes the best bit but all the rest of it ugh. anyway we we got off this flight we come into heathrow or where it was gatwick and with my family it's about two it's a long time back it's, it's more than 10 years ago and we come into the hall and it's packed. It's only everybody's come back at the same time at the weekend or whatever it was. It's absolutely packed. And there are these young lads. They must have been in their early 20s walking about now with machine guns at one end of the hall. Right? And I'm looking at this That's and I'm going, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's just I couldn't stop laughing as I looked at this. I just this is a solution, is it? If something goes off in here, we're all dead. I don't want you guys with machine guns. It was just, it was bizarre. And of course, they were asking to do things. And I wanted a series of T-shirts printed for entire flights, where which said, I will not get on this plane until everybody else that gets on the plane, including the flight crew, have had a rectal probe. And I want to witness all of them. And I want a film of it. Then we'll get on because then I won't know you're carrying a bomb up your jacksy. It's this stuff. I, I'm just, I can't help. I, I talk about it and I know it's not going to happen. But these are peaceful ways. Push them. You want us to? You want us to not say hate speech? I want everybody to shut. That's not enough. Up. I want everybody silent for a month. No up. speech for a month. Up your jacksy. 
That's a new one on yeah, me. It's a Jackson. I heard that one. Yeah, yeah it's called Ram It Up Your yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a colourful colloquialism called Stick It Up Your Jackson or okay. Ram It Up okay. Your Jackson. Wow. Well, okay. All that kind of stuff. Sorry. New oh. word in the lexicon. Oh, I have an idea. <laughs> Come on, Daryl. Hit me. I, I, yeah. I have an idea. I have an idea how we can mount a, uh, a, a verbal offensive uh, out of your platform and provide cover for you, okay? Like because uh, you're you're on the ground there in um, in uh, England, which has uh, been occupied by British by the British. <laughs> the Englishmen have been <laughs> occupied by the British. They've been occupied and, by something there. Um, and and um, so uh, and and you can't articulate these things. I'm thinking to the degree that we we do here. Well, well, have 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 Roger and uh, a number of people on on your uh, uh, broadcast, and, and and we can make these these perfectly uh, logical uh, statements and, and and provide cover for you as you uh, ostensibly try to uh, moderate our, our radical speech, no, providing cover for you. Something. I've got something planned imminently, um, which I'll, I'll once it's rolling, I'll let you know. But there's, there's, I'm, I'm definitely working on that for over here to try and address things over here. Do you remember? You seen that film, The The Incredibles, um, the first one from about 15 yeah. years ago. The okay, there's yeah. a fantastic scene that's really interesting about a communications point of view, where it's nothing to do with the action stuff. It's where his life has soured. He's put on. Stolen way or something, and he's working in this soul-destroying job in an insurance company. And this little old lady comes to see him, and he's supposed to basically crush her claim and kick her out, but he can't help it because he's Mister Incredible, right? And he's got an incredibly good-natured heart, so he's whispering her, he's whispering to her all the instructions. No, ma'am, I can't help you. Just fill out this form and do this kind of stuff. And it's a little, it's a wonderful little vignette of how he circumvents his own internal system to, to do honor to this woman who does need to be dealt with. And I, I, I love that little, there's so many little touches. It's always the little stuff that's right. Well, that's kind of the approach that I think is definitely possible that we may not be able to skin this communications cat head on because they, Oh, you can't say that. I go, okay, that's all right. There are other ways because I would simply say, okay, so now we're not allowed to use that word and we can't use this word and then we build entire conversations around it by referencing the word by not using it you see the sheer bizarreness of it and it's just a it is a bizarre situation i mean there's no point creating the english language if you're going to tell me i can't use it and um you know i'm well, english by the way so i get first nibs it's mine i'm using they it say. <laughs> if you're if you're a, if you're a word if you're a word person uh i use the word person sorry if you're a word guy you can use uh, bear me out. You can you can use simile and semantics to your advantage. Yes, you can. Uh, oh, we're going to go overboard on them. Well, here, well, let, 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 <laughs> yes. let me. I want I need to, a new simile factory. I well, keep asking for new adjectives. Sorry, I'm babbling on. I, but you know, I said the other way. Keep running out of adjectives to describe the lunacy. And I was I was talking to someone the other day. I said, if you get if you get any spare time, can you create some new adjectives? Because we need some. We're going to need some new ones. We some. And we'll just the language will literally evolve to move around whichever words they say you're not allowed to say. We need and some it does standards. all the time. We need standards, Paul, and we need some lines of demarcation. And so this question came to me. 
and we can put it to this forum, that's a good group here, is the statement, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated, is that hate speech? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's love speech. Oh, I can't make my mind up. <laughs> Better ask a rabbi. <laughs> they know everything. I read it once in a book. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, because you're going to have to. I mean, I've look. You're absolutely right. I've thought. You know, what's the letter I write to the chief rabbi of England? By the way, this hate speech thing. Okay, maybe good. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but you might need to sort of destroy all the Talmuds in England. They're not very nice. There's a lot of hateful things in there. Sorry, just thought I'd point it out. This one's coming through. You know, um, but that's just me having a private conversation with myself. I know that that wouldn't get a great deal of traction because you know, if you think people don't know much about the Bible, they know they don't even know that Talmud exists. Most people. So, or what it is, but um, yeah, I don't even, I'm not even bothered about that sort of pernickety, conflicting nature of what I've just said. I, I wouldn't even go there or make use of it. I'm doing it here amongst this sort of space because it's okay, we can do that. But I think if you were talking to a broader public, that wouldn't be a good plow, uh, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be worth going down that furrow. Yeah, well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a way to go down. I don't think so. I, I probably wouldn't choose that approach. But I mean, what about governments indulging in war? Isn't don't they? Isn't all the speech that they do before that? Isn't that hate speech? So we better stop declaring war on people, and then, um, which is not a bad thing, really, unless of course they've declared war on us. Well, but if they do declare war, as they've used hate speech, so we can get them in court first. Very, then there's no need to be a war. Well, you see, you make a very valid point on the basic concept we deal with here is dialectics, because all those things can be swung both ways. They've got the preponderance and the media and everything else behind them to reinforce their side of that dialectic. But believe me, it can be used against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to, well, while we've got you here, and we're running out of time here, unfortunately, we've got about 20 minutes or so left. But I want to, and I've, because I've quit keeping up with it, in all honesty, it's just so damn confusing. What in the hell is going on with the Brexit thing? Well, what's going to happen is we're having a general election in three weeks and then something will happen. And then out of that, something else will happen. Then they'll have another. Then some of them are going to ask to have another decision. and Some are not. Meanwhile, I'll be down the pub Roger, <laughs> drinking and um, I'll be walking around muttering and swearing under my breath. And people will be looking at me and go, what's wrong with Paul? And, go, and I'll just go, ah, like this. And then I'll be talking to people and they'll come up to me and they'll say, did you vote? And I'll just look at them and start giggling like a maniac, you know, about why, why are people even voting at all? It's a nut house. It's a nut house. And um, nothing's happening with it, Roger. I suspect that all this is about is to keep delaying it and delaying it until the Lisbon Treaty comes in next year, which we're signed up for. Now, all these, I have to, I work on the basis that these things can be rescinded and taken back, but you never know, do you, with international treaties and all the gibberish that they come up with. And this is all part of subsuming the British military into a European army that we won't have we won't have we won't have military departments anymore for this nation i mean it's just you go this wow this lisbon treaty is a bad mm. deal and that that was passed a few years back but it's got all kind of gotchas all through it i think roger you just indulged in a bit of english understatement when you called it a bad deal well done that was very measured of you that's the sort of thing british i don't think this is very good i mean it's like 
it's just it, it's it's the thing the whole plan to some degree writ large we would become uh, we go into a a region if they get their way called schengen s-c-h-e-n-g the schengen, yeah the schengen uh it's got a commercial here. region it's got a ring yeah i'd be a schengenite then yeah i'm a schengenite apparently which is a bit like kryptonite which is what i could do with um so it's the whole thing's mad. I, I actually have got an interview to catch up on somewhere where there is a guy from Portugal who speaks pretty good English talking about the Lisbon Treaty. And his first words are, look, I apologize <laughs> that it's got our name on it. In fact, I'm really embarrassed that they actually did it in Portugal. And, and it does right. I mean, he's, you know, he's against the whole thing. Um, it's to, I think it's to do with the, man- the maneuvering of communication all the time. Uh, there are so many tactics that are employed, like literally just exhausting people or having meetings set up so that the actual key questions never get asked during that meeting and just get pushed. It's manana, manana, manana. And this is the process with Brexit. I, I've probably mentioned here that when we had the vote, when it went through, the actions of the nation should have been that imminently within that following month, everybody that worked in Brussels that was from here was recalled home. That's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. And, of course, everybody would have got even more upset. Oh, you can't do this. Blah, blah. No, no. You see, we have to do it because the English people told us to do it. They're our boss. But, of course, we don't hear this communication because, in essence, that's not to be allowed. What's to be allowed is that we are supposed to pretend that we are giving instructions to our government. And the government will pretend that as well. But when it comes down to it, they don't do anything. Well, you got the mirror thing happening over there with us and Trump and the Trump impeachment, which shows you that the bureaucracy runs the country because the bureaucracy is dictating, controlling, and fighting against any change of policy. Now we go back. Mm -hmm. What is this policy? This bureaucracy... What is this policy stuff? It's called public policy. What is it? It's laws made by Democrats that reside in the uh, administrative state so they can rule the serfs. You. Some of you. Yep. This, this, uh, this EU uh, located in Brussels is, is a private corporation. Yes, it, it is. It, it's a private corporation. Yeah, they're all contracting yeah, with it, each other, it, and we're just part of their collateral. Yeah, yeah. Depending on what's going on, uh, you can call it you can call it the EU, but uh, I, I call it the federal states, the federal states of Europe. Yeah. All right. And, and, and they've outsourced. This is the outsourcing of of real public government, and, and this is why uh, you can have unelected people creating policy. Uh, this is uh, this is in play here to a very high degree. Uh, this is your administrative state agencies, and uh, uh, so uh, we have we have a a, a complete paral- paralyzed not paralyzed well we have a paralyzed but a parallel system uh, in place here. Uh, I would suggest that it's actually been refined here to a pretty high degree and then applied Everywhere incrementally yeah. to, uh, uh, the States of Europe. Yep. And, uh, it, it, it operates, uh, uh, uh sort of, uh, ironically, it's, uh, it's become a commonwealth, <laughs> you know, uh, and, 
<clears throat> so yeah, uh, this is this is where they're taking the law to. Now, what they call the law, this is where it's going to. It, it has to all come under one law, one world government by the central bankers. Uh, who's, who's, that's all this is. It, absolutely right. That's absolutely yeah. right. That's it. That's the so, game plan. Yeah. And of course, most of the people involved. A commonwealth connotates a commodity of wealth. What we really have is common debt. Yeah. Well, so, so because they say so, like we've mentioned here, I still debt's not really the issue apart from a boogeyman that's thrown into the conversation. It's irrelevant. You know, all of these things can be resolved if, you, if, if we found a way to get rid of these people. It's Look, life is – today I've got food in my cupboard. It's in the supermarket. Everything's kind of working and people moan about everything all the time because it's like lowest common denominator. People are living longer apparently, but there's, there, that's not the, what we're addressing. Uh, it's not about how much days you get. It's about the quality of them. And there's something obviously extremely sordid and foul that's arising here amongst the way that we live. And we don't like it, rightfully so, because we're awake. But if I go and ask most normal people a very simple question, uh, which I like, which is how do you want to live? Most people don't even think about that question. They're just, after a while, been around, exposed to the media. They're in a reactive state. They're reacting against choice A or choice B. You go, well, you're in democracy. You've got a choice. You either got the red party or the blue party. See, isn't it great? Going, I feel on, better. I feel bit. better already. This is great. I've got this choice thing. Um, hang on just a minute. You know, you find those of us that think that there's a lot not being presented that needs to be. And most of the stuff I feel that, that occupies our minds as projected on us by the great propaganda machine 24 hours a day is to do with secondary and tertiary issues and even lower down than that. They're not – they appear to be relevant because they have got great drama involved with them and, and attach – uh, get our attention sucked in but as we've said here the fact is the bank needs mullering needs getting hold of and handing over to the people true nationalizing held by the nations and that's it game over when we do that the problem is he's trying to figure out how do you do it um you know in the meantime we are governed by these political parties that are beholden to the same force what do you do you say oh well let's form a political party you go well if we move in that arena we're going to get skewered by it as well so it's finding this way so the challenge appears to be that we're supposed to get through to every man woman and his dog and get them to wake up and that's where i'm at i'm sorry <laughs> it's not very appealing but it's actually we've never had the tools ever uh, that we have right now to nope. possibly achieve a substantial movement in that direction and for now I think using our time in that way is as good as Newt, good a thing as we could do. There may be better, but Newt I think it's the a good thing. Newt Gingrich warned him. He warned him in the foreword to the Toffler's book, the third turning or the fourth turning, whatever it was. And he told yep. them, he told them, this internet thing's a two-way street. You can't control it. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well, I I see all these I see all these conversations and interactions and, and dialogue as practice. This is all practice. Yes, it and, is. And I encourage every more and more people to engage in practicing in a place where uh, you can do it and uh, not be arrested. <laughs> and, not yet. And, and, and learn, learn these skills. Learn these skills now while you have the opportunity. 
for use in the future uh, for the defense of yourself and your family and your communities. And, and this is why, uh, you know, you should practice. And, and so call in and practice. Yeah, well, I yep. got a new guy yesterday. I think it was Jacob. Uh, uh, called in and and he's new he said he'd write his questions down it's always encouraging when we get new folks that want to have those questions answered that's what this forum is all about really it's not about politics it's not about finance necessarily it's it's really about your freedom and it's not about me and daryl and although we get a lot of very positive feedback and understanding and structure from being on here and discussing these things we hone our arguments uh iron you know iron sharpens iron okay but really the show's for you people out there that didn't know you had a choice and you're just waking up and you finally get to a point you want to do something about it we got answers for you okay and they're, to my knowledge, they have never, ever, in the nine or so years we've had the information out there that people have been sending these documents in, I know of not, not one instance of blowback has gotten back to me. Let me put it that way. And I've got to think that if something happened to somebody that was a result of filing this paperwork, that I'd be one of the first people to know about it. Well, I'll be the first one to bellyache if it happens to me. You can bet on that. Yep. Can, can, yeah, can I just play you something for about a minute? Yes, please. Um, please. This is to completely yeah. shift the whole tone of the end. We've got five minutes left, okay? Well, so this is this is, this is is Prince Andrew, Prince Andrew's recent thing, and I wanted you to – oh, hang on, where's he gone? About, we got about it's a just jumped off half, my screen. So get it in there. Oh, no, it's not that long. This is, this is a little outtake. Listen to this. One of Epstein's accusers, Virginia Roberts, yep. has made allegations against you. She says she dined with you, danced with you. She went on to have sex with you, to have bath, there's a, there's possibly. A, there's a slight problem with, 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 with the sex, um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that, that, that uh, I, I have a very timely you know pp but that's just the way it is so it's important for me to have sex with somebody you I, i'd love it, but i'm afraid no. i can't i'm just not, not in a position to do so because i'm but that's very difficult to be able to to um to, to prove so i i, I that, that's the best explanation i can give you <laughs> thank you very much indeed Hey, well, don't say I don't make a contribution <laughs> around here. I've got a very small poopy. <laughs> I can't have sex. Yeah. That is uh, absolutely. You know, true, so there you yeah. Most men want to go around and talk about their big poopy. <laughs> and, and now this guy's having to get on there and admit that in public on that interview. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I mean, just obviously, Roger, it's it's a spoof, and somebody has doctored the soundtrack. I have to say this right now, even though I wish it wasn't true. And there's actually video footage of it as well, which is brilliantly done. So um, this is, you know, they, they need to watch what they're doing. So I just thought I'd let you know. Oh, I would boy. Let you know, well, so. listen, I guess we'll watch what we're doing and kind of pay attention to the time. I always forget to say this, so let me, while it's on my mind, say it out front. Jim Ram is next. And he's going to be there having your, your pre-Thanksgiving Day program. I hope everybody, 
I guess Daryl's probably hanging close. Chris is going to some dance contests and eat a little turkey in between. But I guess everybody, probably some people traveling. And uh, uh, just have a real good weekend and a real good day tomorrow with your family. And it's a great example, maybe in a great forum, to be able to discuss some of these in these family gatherings. And don't forget, be wise. Uh, as uh, You know, be wise and, and ask questions, provocative questions. And that's how you change people's Don't you think mind. that's going to cause a lot of indigestion? No, probably not. Well, hell, Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, with the political Sorry, situation, I can only imagine the discussions that will go on at Thanksgiving tables tomorrow uh, when it gets around to politics yeah. and stuff. So we'll be back Friday with Brent. I'm going to go over and bowl some turkeys with the expats tomorrow. You guys have a wonderful day. Hopefully take it for what it's worth. we got a lot to be thankful for, I can tell you that. And uh, try and recognize those things in your mind and give gratitude. Humility, gratitude, and thankfulness are really three real good attributes. Thank everybody, Daryl and Chris, uh, that uh, contributed today. Paul, as always, good discussion with you, and we're always glad to have you, buddy. Uh, you don't do Thanksgiving, but have a nice meal over there with the blokes tomorrow. And hopefully we'll see you next week. So have a good I'll day, drink and you guys be good. safe. And, oh, in the Northern Hemisphere, stay warm. In keeping with the spirit of the times, Cheers. I'll be doing the first shot. Hasta luego, baby. Okay, you do it good, Mr. Chris. I'll see you all Friday with Brent. Oh